The following audio is from White River Christian Church. More information about White River is available on the WRCC mobile app or at wrcc.org. Well, good morning. Thanks for worshiping with us this morning. I've got an announcement for you for our campus, uh, which is very exciting uh, for me. Uh, We have a new student pastor. His name, yeah, go ahead and give a round of applause for that. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, His name is Carter Ammerman. Uh, and he uh, will be beginning in the weeks uh, ahead of us, although he was at the middle school Christmas party this past week. He'll be at the high school one this week. Uh, I've got a picture of him and his, that's me. Uh, there he is, Carter, that's Carter. Uh, that's his wife, Abby, and that's their two-year-old, Oak. Uh, not pictured in this picture is also a baby on the way in March. And so uh, I'm very excited to add them to our, our staff, and, uh, and he's going to be great uh, for our students uh, our students have already taken to him, uh, and I'm pretty sure they've already forgotten about me. So there's that. I uh, feel great about that. Uh, but uh, we're very excited for him to get rolling, and uh, just wanted to give that announcement to you guys. So if you see somebody around that you're like, I'm not sure I recognize that guy, and he keeps talking to my kid. That's our new student pastor. All right? <laughs> All right, there we go. Uh, last week, we began our Home for Christmas series, and, and we were talking uh, a little bit about John 1 and how uh, in the beginning, we had this perfect place, right? God had created perfection for us um, in the Garden of Eden. We walked with him. Everything was great. Um, but then we broke it, right? We broke it. We know that story uh, from the Garden of Eden. And so our salvation doesn't start with our sinfulness. Our salvation starts with that perfect, perfect place with God. Uh, Instead for God didn't want to leave us in that, although he did uh, boot us out of the garden. Uh, he didn't leave us there, right? God wanted to pursue us. Last week, we kind of had a to be continued uh, and w- looking towards Jesus. And this week, we're going to continue that conversation. But before we do, uh, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll jump in. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you this morning just for the opportunity to gather and to worship you. We thank you for this season where it seems that uh, our hearts are more bent towards and leaning towards worshiping of you and acknowledgement of what you've done for us. Thanks for uh, being born of a virgin, coming to this world, making a home here, living a perfect life and dying for us on a cross, taking our place and doing so, defeating death and going away to prepare for us an eternal home. We take that very seriously this morning. We ask that you would just speak to us, Holy Spirit, work in our hearts so that we might desire you in a greater way. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So it's Christmas time. It's, it's, it's I'm kind of giddy. I'm excited. And it's, it's the time, it's the time of year where Buddy the Elf gets reconciled to his father who left him. Okay. It's the time of year where uh, Ralphie, although we all know it, gets his Red Rider BB gun. We know he's going to shoot his eye out, right? We just know that. It's the time of year where Scrooge uh, miraculously becomes a kind and generous and almost giddy individual. It's the time of year, if you remember, right? Clark, just in time. Just It's okay. He's just having a little... He's not as big a fan of Christmas movies as me. It's okay. It's all good. Right where Clark gets the check just in time. Did you ever realize in that movie that it never gets to Christmas Day? Like, does he put a pool in or not? Right? Like, that's what I want to know. Right? That's how, did they do it or not? 
Anyways, as a Christmas movies, I told you last week I was a Christmas movie junkie, but I also told you last week that I did watch a Hallmark Christmas movie. And there was an equation that came out of that, that, that it's me plus something equals this perfect Christmas. And, and last week we talked about how that, that, that gap is Jesus. Now we fill that with a whole lot of other things, but, but Jesus fills that gap. And because Jesus fills that gap, there's this thing that you and I are given that we often sing about, sometimes we read about, and it's called peace. Now that peace comes uh, from a bigger word that we're going to talk about this morning, and that's reconciliation. And the reason that Jesus brings reconciliation is because like we said, in the beginning we had this perfect place, we sinned, we were kicked out of God's presence, and ever since then we've been separated from God. There's, listen, there is nothing that you can do to fix that in and of yourself. You're incapable of fixing it, right? Guys, this is hard to hear. You are incapable of fixing that. We're fixers. We want to fix things, make things better, make things right. We can't do that when it comes to this. We had to have somebody else come along and help us fix it, actually fix it for us. And that that was Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus, in his death on the cross, he reconciled you and I to God so that we can have a relationship with him. Kind of important to where we're going this morning, okay? Last week we started uh, in John chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, turn there again. That's where we'll start today. And we're going to read these verses that we read last week. And then we're going to continue reading in John because we're going to read the parts that apply to today. Now, as you turn there with me to John chapter 1, remember as we read this, uh, John uses this uh, two-word phrase, the word, and when he's referring to the word, he's referring to Jesus. So if you weren't with us last week, uh, we made sure we all understood that. Just want to make sure you know that before we read this, okay? John chapter 1, verse 1 says this, in the beginning, the word already existed, the word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Jump to verse 10. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted in him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not a, with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Oh, that is, that's a good passage right there for you and I. That is good stuff because John tells us that he came into the world to bring light to the darkness. We kind of touched on that last week. But John says he does that through um, three different ways, right? There, there was this, this brokenness or, or brokenness about our home, a darkness, a lost relationship that we had, and a gap in love and faithfulness. And and. John tells us he comes and he, and he fills those gaps. Now, here's the thing. Is, and I'm, I try my hardest, okay, and I struggle with this. I'm going to be honest with you. 
Like I open up my calendar sometimes and I look at the next couple of weeks for, for Noblesville, for our campus, making sure uh, events that we're doing and things that are going on, I'm aware of those things, praying for those things. And every time I open up my, my, my calendar and I see this event, I just, I struggle with it, right? It's called Grief Share. But, but the specific one during this time of the year is called Surviving the Holidays. And for somebody who grew up like in a house where like Christmas was like the, the time of the year that was probably the most exciting, it was filled with the majesty and the love and the glory of all that the season's supposed to be. It's hard for me to imagine surviving the holidays because I thrive in the holidays. But I found myself thinking about that a lot because the truth is, is that there's some of us, well, we're just trying to survive. We're just trying uh, to make it through this season. And, and whether you're like me, you know, I've got this, we got this friend, Amanda and I do, that for, for them, the Christmas season reminds them of all the Christmases where the Christmas tree didn't stay upright because of physical fighting between parents. In fact, they can't remember a Christmas where Christmas tree stood upright the entire Christmas season. All right. what, what's needed for those who thrive in Christmas season and those who are just trying to survive? It, it's peace. It's reconciliation with God. It's understanding that in this world, there's going to be things that face us that are not easy. In this world, we're going to meet relationships where there's going to be tension and difficulty and issues. And, and it's because what? It all points back to our original home that was broken. And it's just carried into and overlaps into our brokenness in this world. Here's what I want us to hear this morning as we jump in. It's hard for us sometimes when we hear this, that Jesus will bring peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Really? Here's the point this morning. Because it's not an empty promise. Peace is possible through Jesus' reconciliation. Peace is possible through Jesus' reconciliation. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. That's where we'll be for the most part this morning. Ephesians chapter 2. Like I said, God had a plan you and I. It's not as if, uh, we looked at this last week, right? Remember Genesis chapter 3, he's giving out punishment to the serpent. And in that punishment, he says, he will crush your head and you will bite his heel, right? Like he, he points to Jesus, which is what we're going to read about here in Ephesians chapter 2. So join me in verse 13. It says this. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people for, from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means 
of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far from him and peace to you Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Amen. What I want you to see is that that Jesus is the answer to that equation, but he's the answer to so much more for you and I. Because there's this brokenness in our world, and it exists in two ways. And what, what we're told here in Ephesians is that, that Jesus solves that brokenness. And in that brokenness, I think the way the brokenness is, presents itself in you and I are, are kind of three things. Are we worthy? Right? Like, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. Like, am I really worthy of Jesus dying on the cross? Am I loved? Anybody ever asked that question before? Or maybe you've asked this one. Am I wanted? These are questions that we ask ourselves all the time. And it's a result of our brokenness. And Jesus answers these questions through this passage. Look at verse uh, 15. He says, Jesus did this by ending the system of laws with his commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. You see, at this time, you had Jews who were full-blown Jews. Both your parents were Jewish. You've been passed down into the Jewish uh, traditions. And for the Jews, they were the chosen people of God. If you were someone who was half Jewish, your mother was Jewish but your father wasn't, then you were considered a Gentile. For the most part in this room, I'm going to take an educated guess here, most of us in here are Gentiles. We're not Jews, okay? There might be a few of us, I actually know of one of us in this congregation that is fully Jewish. Was raised with Jewish traditions and Jewish home, right? And there might be more. I don't know, but I want you to understand there was a, this gap, and we read about it in the Old Testament, or New Testament all the time, because Jews wanted nothing to do with Gentiles. In fact, interacting with a Gentile would make them unclean, so there was no desire in them to even be near them. You can read story after story where this uh, idea applies, so you need to understand that well. But here's what Jesus does when he comes. He breaks down the hostility between the two of us. He removes the law, which is the law is the thing that kind of keeps Jews at this level that they feel they are separated from the Gentiles. And he fulfills that law. He tears down that hostility. He creates peace. He reconciles. He reconciles horizontally between you and I. Maybe you've experienced this before in a relationship of your own where he's reconciled something to somebody in your family, one of your friends, one of your coworkers. Jesus does that for us, and then he tells us in verse 15 that he made one new people from the two groups. But that is so minor to what comes next. Verse 16, together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. <laughs> so here, not only does Christ's death on the cross solve this problem that we have, but greater than that, it solves this problem. Vertical reconciliation. 
Because you see, you and I, we weren't, this is the exact same. We weren't allowed to be in the presence of God because of our sinfulness. There's nothing that you can do to rid yourself of your sinfulness. You were just given that. You were born into that. And so we had to have somebody who would come and fill that gap for us, to stand in the the in-between. And the only way that that was done is if they were going to come and die on a cross to to have a criminal's death and, and take the punishment which with you and I should be given for our sin. That's what Jesus did. And when he did that, Catch this, and our hostility towards each other was put to death. We're not longer, no longer talking about Jews and Gentiles. We're talking about us and God. Because you see, if, if Jesus would have never come and been born of a virgin, never have come and lived a perfectly sinless life, it would have never fulfilled all of the Old Testament prophecies about himself. If he would have never have agreed to and walked away from the garden where he had prayed, take this cup from me, and walked straight to the cross. If you had never been crucified on the cross, you and I still be separated from God. You and I would be hopeless. You and I would be without peace. But as a result of his birth, life, death, and eventual being risen from the grave and defeating death. You and I can be at peace. You and I can have hope. You and I can experience horizontal reconciliation between other people and us. Because he solved our greatest problem. The vertical reconciliation that neither of us, any of us in this room could solve. Peace is possible through Jesus' reconciliation. I don't know if you've ever tried this before. I did in small doses, but I don't know if you've ever tried like, you know, husbands, if you've ever gone to your wife and started the conversation with like, I made a list of things you do wrong. And I wanted to review them with you, right? Yeah, you know exactly how that's going to end, right? <laughs> Hope you got a comfy couch. Ah. But we don't, you don't start that way. You don't start that way in your friendships. You don't start that way in your relationships at work. You don't start that way, right? The way we start, you and I start, is right here. And it starts with us. God, forgive me. Because I know I haven't done what I needed to do today, right? It starts, I can't even come close to walking into a a conversation with someone else and try to reconcile with them if I'm not right with God first. It's a vertical relationship that you and I have got to figure out first. Because once we figure that one out, then the horizontal ones become a lot easier because I can go to my wife and say, hey, listen, I know I mess up a lot in this too. But we both have a part in this together. You want to know well, what it is for, for a successful marriage? It, it is very first and foremost two people who are pursuing vertical reconciliation through Jesus Christ. And then horizontally reconcile with one another over and over and over. 
Right? I, I, I don't know who you're sitting next to this morning, but listen, that just because they maybe come to church longer or they maybe been here a while for long, doesn't mean that they're, they're more holy than you. They get this figured out. We all need this. If only you knew who you were sitting next to. <laughs> if only you knew who you were listening to. You can come up afterwards to ask my wife how many times I need to ask for forgiveness and then ask her how many times I actually ask her for forgiveness. Trying to close that gap, right? Oh, where's it start? It starts here. It starts with God and I through what Jesus has made possible. Because that vertical reconciliation is made possible through Jesus' reconciliation. And here's what I want you to hear what I talked about last week. God desperately wants you. Because I know what some of you are thinking in here. But you don't know what I've done. But you don't know who I am. Speaking of my student ministry days, you want to know the single most made comment in student, 16 years of student ministry I did? I don't know if I can accept Jesus because I don't have this together yet. <laughs> he doesn't want you to get it all together before you come to him. You need him to do that. Otherwise, if you've got it all together, you don't need him. And let me tell you this right now. None of y'all got it together. None of you. And if you walk in here thinking, yeah, I do. I'm just sitting here in my mind laughing at you. But you don't. Do you feel worthy? Probably not. I don't. But in Jesus, you are. Do you feel loved? Maybe at certain times you do, but there's other times that I know you probably don't when you look in that mirror. But you know what? God loves you so much he sent his son Jesus for you. Do you feel wanted? The God of creation chose his son to send to earth, to be born, to make a home, to take on this, so that he could die on a cross, a criminal's death, someone who should never have received that kind of a death, defeated death and rose from the grave for you. For you, because he loves you. That's what we celebrate this season. That's why we get excited about a baby. It's because it's a miracle. It's the beginning of a miracle. Led to a death virgin birth led to a Savior's death so that you can I can have peace with God through Jesus' reconciliation. Verse 17, Ephesians 2. He brought this good news of peace to you Jew Gentiles who are far away from him and peace to you Jews who were near. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like we're all in this room and we know Jesus. I'm sure there's some of us in here who don't. Maybe you've heard his name. Maybe you could state a few things about him. Maybe you could even recite some scripture. But you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
which means you're far from God right now. And that's okay. I'm glad you're here. I walked into a room like this many times, far from God in my life. There's some of you that are in here that you're near to God. You you know him as your Lord and Savior. You got up this morning, sat at your dining room table and spent time with Jesus. The truth is that both those people need what Jesus offers today. And that's reconciliation before God because both those people, when it comes to our sinfulness, start at the exact same place. Sure, we can make it look a lot prettier as Christians. But this in here, exact same as those who are outside of here. And what does Jesus do? He brought this good news of peace to those who are far away and to those who are near. He brought it for both of us. And here's what I want you to hear, because I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm just, I'm, we're not gonna turn there, but we're gonna talk about one of Jesus' parables. And this is true of those who are, are far away and who are both near as well. And it's this, you know, parables are just made up stories that Jesus uh, told to communicate uh, lessons that oftentimes the disciples and myself didn't get, right, the first time we heard. Like in this one, I still keep reading it, and I'm like, I don't know if I fully grasp it yet. But it's the parable of the prodigal son. You got two, two brothers, right? You got the first brother who, like, is, he's like the model child, you know, like the perfect kid, if there is, exists one, right? Always did what dad wanted, um, always there to help for the family. Um, he's always just consistent. He's there. And then you got child two, which is, this is like, this is Lance, okay? Then titled, little fill in the blank. You know, like, he's the one that like just thinks everything should be his, thinks he is the favorite child. And you got uh, child number two, who at one point in life asked for his father's inheritance. Man, that's a whole nother sermon, right? The guy's not even dead yet, and he's already asking for his part of the money, and, and, and you know the story, right? The dad gives, gives him the money and, and he takes off and he goes lives the life that he wants to live. And he burns through that so fast, it's gone like that. And, and it's, it's, gone, it's gone. And so he ends up, he finds himself what? He, he's working uh, for someone feeding pigs and he finds himself eating what he's feeding the pigs, and he thinks to this, so finally, he comes to his senses and says, you know, if I go back to my father's house, I could at least be a hired servant. And in a hired servant, I'd be eating a whole lot better than this. So I'm just going to go home, humble myself, and I'll just work as a hired servant, and at least I won't have to eat pig food, which I don't even know what they eat. So there's that. Luke 15, 20, don't turn there, just listen. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Do you understand? There's only one way that his father saw him coming from a far way off. He was looking for him. 
He was waiting for him. He was watching for him. He was longing for him to come home. Do you understand that when God looks down on you, he doesn't see what you see in the mirror? When God looks down on you, he's just longing and waiting for you to come to him. He's right there. It doesn't matter if you're far from God or you're near from, to God. It doesn't matter if you got up this morning and didn't even think about God before you got in this room or if you got up and spent time with him this morning. He's waiting on you. He wants you. He desires you and you don't have to fix anything before you come to him. That's the Holy Spirit's job is to make us more like Jesus. That's next week. Spoiler alert. I'll stop on that one, okay? Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. No, no spoiler alerts, okay, I get it. Peace is possible through Jesus' re reconciliation. And it only comes from what and through what? A God who loves you dearly, deeply, who wants to have a relationship with you. And so today, maybe you're, you're, you're fit that bill. You're, you're far from God. I don't wish that for you. I don't desire that for you, but maybe that's just true. I want you to understand and know is this, that, that you don't have to be. No. The Bible tells us that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus died for our sins, we'll be saved. We got water. We can make things like that happen fast. If you're far from God this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to do that today, you want to figure that out and fix that today, I, after service, I'm going to stand right here with my wife. And you come talk to us. We'll fix that today. You'll experience the peace of Jesus today. You'll experience vertical reconciliation today. It ain't easy, let me tell you that. You're not gonna walk out of here and all your problems are gonna be solved. But listen, you'll be on the side that brings light. And that'll change your life. No, that, that'll change your eternity. Maybe you're, maybe you're near to God. And you know what, you're like, this peace you're talking about, I don't quite understand this peace you're talking about. Because I don't feel that right now. All it takes is raising our eyes a little bit and seeing that he's waiting on us. All it takes is taking a moment to stop, pray, connect again with God. And so we're going to sing a song. The band's going to come back out here. I didn't really tell. Oh, he's right there. <laughs> kind of like God, always present, right? Like... Just kidding, he's not anything like God. Don't, don't, sorry, that's not an expectation you want. Move on, right? We're gonna sing a song, and this is my ask of you, is if you just need to stay seated and pray and connect with God again, do that today. Because peace is possible through Jesus' reconciliation. If you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then Wait till we finish this song. Chris is gonna come back up real quick and dismiss you and then you can meet us right up here and we would love to start that journey with you.
Don't go another Christmas without celebrating the greatest thing that has ever happened in human history. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it as I stand up here and I preach this word. And yet, you've already done it. It's already finished. You're already preparing a place for us in eternity, a home with you for eternity. So thanks. Thanks for coming into our home. Thanks for joining us here. Thanks for loving us, finding us worthy enough, wanting us enough to come and to live among us and to die on a cross for us. Jesus, help us celebrate that with joy this season. And bring us the peace which comes with your reconciliation. Jesus, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise this morning. In your name we pray, amen.